I have a, a great friend. He's a, he's a family member of our church. Um, he is no stranger to this house. He is a great friend, but I also consider him family. And he's a great supporter of our church. He loves our vision. He loves who we are. They've been coming to our church for several years now. And um, he's a friend that you want that's got that, that you want to have your back. Because when you if you're if you're rolling up somewhere, I want Mikado with me when someone tries to pick on me. They're not gonna pick on me with Mikado next to me. So Mikado, I love you. He's, he has a and he, he he likes boxing too. That's all the more. Well, I want him next to me. But I'm excited to introduce him as he's gonna come bring a phenomenal word. We've been talking about it. And uh, it's going to be great. So why don't you help me welcome Mikado Henson as he comes to deliver the message today. Well, good morning. Pastor Nate is right. Um, I do love boxing. And... um, Yes, I'm a gentle giant, but if you walk up on people who lead me and I love, I have the gift of laying on of hands. I'll repent later. Well, good morning. It sure is an honor to be with you today, church family. Um, You know, been blessed and honored to go speak at a lot of places, but it is always humbling when you're able to stand before your people. So I just want to tell you I love you and value you and appreciate you. And uh, thank you to the pastors of this house, Pastors Danny and Janet, in their absence. I'm not sure if they're watching or if he's preaching right now. Uh, Pastor Nate and and Kendall, thank you for your love and leadership. Uh, Shout out to my family, uh, my daughters, my son, who better be watching online, and my bride, Chandra, Uh, Thank you, baby. I love you, and it's been an honor to do this amazing journey called life with you. I wouldn't want to do it with anyone else. Well, if you have your scriptures, if you don't, I have it on the screen for you, but we're going to be in Romans chapter 12, and we're going to look at two verses today. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. The Apostle Paul is writing and he says, therefore, everyone say therefore. Therefore. Look, if we were in a conversation and I started our conversation with the word therefore, you would say, what did I miss, right? You'd say, you were having a thought, but you didn't communicate it to me and you start out therefore. And I'm like, wherefore, what, what, what are we talking about? He starts out and he says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Verse two, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Beloved, today I want to speak to you from a very simple subject, but I think a very necessary subject, back to basics. Look at your neighbor and say, back to basics. Would you pray with me? Dear Lord, we thank you for your love, 
your grace and your mercy. God, I pray in Jesus' name you would speak to us. We may not hear you audibly, but I pray that we do hear you clearly. And God, I pray that you challenge us in areas we need challenged, encourage us where we need to be encouraged, convict us where we need to be convicted. God, we just say, here we are, do with us as you will. And I pray, God, that we hear you speak. Hide me behind your cross, and I pray you get all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Legendary Green Bay Packers coach Vince Lombardi started out the 1961 training camp for his team with a very simple phrase. He held up a football in that meeting and he said, gentlemen, this is a football. You see, he's talking to professional athletes and all 38 members of his football team that year had just lost the NFL championship game before the Super Bowls uh, and lost a come-behind victory by the, to the Philadelphia Eagles, 17-13. to 13. But he stands the first day of that next training camp holding a football, and he says, this is a football. If you can imagine all the players looking around saying, uh, yeah, we know, we're pros. We just made it to the championship game, came up a little short. They felt like they were gonna just pick up where they left off with their momentum and the coach took them back and he held up the football and said, gentlemen, we're gonna get back to the fundamentals. Pull out your playbooks to page one. And he said, we're gonna talk about blocking, tackling, catching, throwing, the fundamentals of the game. And they focused on the fundamentals that year. They went on to the NFL championship game and defeated the New York Giants 37 to nothing. There's something to be said about getting back to the basics. If you think of a professional football team who, who um, focuses on in every little detail of the basics of the game, experienced that success Imagine what would happen for us, beloved, if we stopped trying to ride waves of momentum all the time and sometimes and pulled back and said, let's get back to the basics in our spiritual life. There are things in the Bible that oftentimes we neglect or we negate. There's disciplines, there's hundreds of them, but we'll neglect them because we wanna see God do a new thing. And he wants to oftentimes pull us back a little bit and say, let's get back to basics. Let's get back to basics. So let's look at Romans 12, one and two. That is the Apostle Paul writing. In the first 11 chapters of Romans, he's really dealing with a lot of doctrinal things. And he's talking to the, the people in Rome in a letter. That's what the Romans is. And he's writing to them about some of the basics of the faith. For a lot of us, some of us, this might be kind of foreign, but for a lot of us, we've heard of the Romans road. You ever heard of the Romans road? Taking someone down the Romans road? Here's what the Romans road looks like. Romans road is in Romans 3.23, the apostle Paul writes, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us, we're all in the same sinking, uh, we're all in the same ocean called sin. Sin means missing the mark. 
It's not, oh, you're bad, you're a sinner. It is, you've missed the mark of perfection. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, for the payment of that sin, the wages of sin, is death. But the free gift God offers us is a relationship in Christ Jesus who died for us. That's Romans 6.23. Romans 5.8, it says, but God demonstrates his love towards us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And then Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, but if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is the Romans road. And so the apostle Paul is communicating those truths in the first 11 chapters of Romans, but then in chapter 12, he starts with the word, therefore. Basically to say, I said all of that to say this. And he starts out and he says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable and pleasing to God. Let's look at what that word, I urge you. Paul is now at a point with these believers in Rome that he's pleading with them. He's begging with them. He's on his knees urging them and saying, listen, you gotta go all in. He's telling these people, no more toeing the line, playing the hokey pokey, one foot in, one foot out. He's saying, present your body, your entire self, your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. Present your entire self to God. Go all in with him. That's what he's doing. So he's not just in a casual way saying, hey, y'all, um, I just want to encourage you. You might want to go all in. No, if, if he could have been, if we could have seen his tears, if we could have seen the sweat, he's on his knees begging these people. Stop being so casual. Stop being so carnal. Stop being so worldly where people don't even know where you stand. He's saying, I'm urging you. I'm begging you by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Remember back in Old Testament days, they would, they would, they would offer a sacrifice, right? And the priest would kill that one sacrifice. It would cover the sins of the people for a year. And he's saying, present yourself as that sacrifice, but be a living sacrifice, Meaning wherever you go, lock arms with Jesus and be that living sacrifice. You have no rights other than to glorify God. You have no rights other than to honor him. You have no rights other than to try to please him with your day-to-day living, with your day-to-day conversations, and with everything that's on the inside of you. In essence, he's saying, you've accepted Jesus as Savior. Now it's time to surrender to him as Lord. A lot of us have accepted that free gift called salvation and said, man, I'm going to heaven. Great. And I believe you. I'm speaking to me too, y'all. There was a time where I said yes to Jesus and it was a get out of hell free card. But it took a little while for me to surrender my life to him. And it is still a constant surrender. So if you think that I'm standing up here as someone who's, oh, I finally broke through and I made it, it's a 
daily surrendering. It's a daily saying, I'm your living sacrifice. So to be able to accept him as savior, great. But now let's surrender to him as Lord. You know what Lord means? Owner, master, and ruler. So you break it on down and say, does he own my life? Is he the master of my life? Is he ruling my life? In verse two, he says, don't conform to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The world and its systems will offer you and I a way to live. And it will say, it's good if it makes you feel good, if it's what you like. But there is a standard when we've surrendered our life to Christ that we will not conform to the, world, the world's way. This water conformed to the shape of this bottle. This water is formless, but it conforms to whatever you pour it into. If it's a bowl, it looks like a bowl. If it's a, it's a, um, a bottle here, you, it looks like a bottle. What Paul is telling these people is he's pleading with them, don't conform to the ways of this world. And said, we have to have a new way of thinking. You have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the world has patterns, the world has systems, and it is trying to get us to conform to those patterns and systems. But we must allow the word of God. Everyone say the word of God. We must allow the word of God to shape how we believe. We must allow the word of God to shape how we think and also allow this word to shape how we live. So when we cross over, everyone say cross over. Basketball term, my crossover is not so good. But when we cross over into this life of commitment, surrender and sacrifice in our relationship with the Lord, a life where we say there's no turning back, I'm all in. The Bible calls this person a disciple. And we hear that word and we read that word, especially in the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But here's what a disciple is. Here's what we're trying to achieve. Here's what we're wanting to walk in every single day. And it, yes, it can be a churchy word, a biblical word. We can find another synonym. But what a disciple is, is an obedient, committed follower of a master. Gangs have disciples. Teams have disciples because they're obedient and they're committed and they're following someone who's in leadership over them. And so that's what we're trying to achieve. Uh, living for Christ is our, or uh, giving our life to Christ as Savior does not necessarily mean that we're a disciple. But when we surrender our life to him and we go all in for him, as Paul is saying in Romans 12, 1 and 2, then we can now step into saying, I am a disciple of Jesus Christ because I desire to be obedient, I desire to be committed, and I want to follow him. It's not saying I have to follow him, but I want to. So our have to moves into a want to. Being a disciple of Christ. Every disciple is a believer, but not every believer is a disciple. You're saying, well, I'm not good enough. No, no, no. We're all in the same boat. But it's when we commit our life and surrender to him and not conform to the ways of this world that we can now become disciples. We can be obedient and committed to this follower, uh, the committed follower of the master, Jesus. Skybreak Church, this is a football. This is a football, and it's time to get back to the basics. There's hundreds of things that we can look at. For time's sake, I picked three. 
These are kind of three major ones, disciplines uh, in the Christian walk as a disciple of Christ that we can look at. There's hundreds, there's minor ones, there's major ones. We can look at all these different things, but I picked three that I think that maybe can help us jumpstart of getting back to the basics. Number one, the studying of God's word. Research shows us that there are approximately 500 million Bibles published in the world every year in nearly 20,000 different languages. You know, there are ministries that their goal is to get the Bible translated into every dialect in the world by a certain year. That's something to pray about because places need the word of God. Would you agree? I remember when I was chaplain for the Houston Rockets and uh, that was during Yao Ming's time. And I remember there was a little bit of a language barrier with Yao, but I always gave him a copy of what we we're gonna talk about in chapel that night. And he'd always sit there at his locker with it about this close to his face. And then finally, I knew a friend who worked for an audio Bible company. And I said, do you have the Bible in Mandarin Chinese? He said, yes. I said, can you please send it to me? Whole bunch of CDs, y'all, it was back in the day, right? And I gave it to Yao as a gift. And he looks and he says, this is my language. I said, that's right. I said, what does it say? <laughs> What's it say? And he said, the Holy Bible. And I said, yeah, show me where the gospel of John is. And he flips through the CDs and he goes right here. I said, this is where I want you to start listening. And I said, I'll follow up with you here in a couple weeks. And so had a game to chapel, asked him, hey, yeah, have you had a chance to listen to any of those CDs? And he said, I have. I listened in my truck. It's an interesting story. And I said, yeah, it's more than a story. It's God's love letter to you of how much he loves you about the great plan he has for your life that is found in Jesus Christ. I don't know if Yao Ming has ever come to know the Lord, but it was a seed sown into his life. And it was one of those translations, one of those dialects that it was translated into and so was able to give him the word of God. We can find Bibles everywhere, y'all, right? Every direction we turn, there's a Bible. Hotel rooms, grocery stores, uh, what's the most common now on our phones, right? We all, most of us have the Bible app and Pastor Nate told me earlier that Romans 12 is the verse of the day on the Version Bible app. So I think we're right in tune with where God wants us to be. Some of you may say, but reading's not my thing. I'm not the strongest reader, no shame. All these Bible apps have an audio Bible, so I would like to encourage you to listen to the word of God. Just let it just go and let it speak to you while you're getting ready in the morning. Just turn on that Bible and just let it go. You'll be amazed how quickly you'll go through books of the Bible, but how much it may come alive to you. And so if reading isn't your thing, I wanna encourage you to make sure you take the time to look at it. This Bible is broken up. It's 66 books all wrapped up into one and we're encouraged to study it because it is not only just God's uh, revealed plan for our life, but it is also God's love letter to you and me to let him know that there is a plan to redeem us. And so much so that he sent his only son to this earth to die a death that we couldn't die, that we should have died, but God did it for us because of his love towards us. There's 39 books in the Old Testament. There's 27 books in the New Testament. Some of these books are historical. Some are prophetic. Some are poetic. 
Um, the gospels are there. The letters that were written by Paul and some of the other apostles are there for us to eat and read and digest and allow it to get in us. The Bible was written by God. Don't let anyone ever tell you differently. It was inspired by the Holy Spirit through the pen of people. God chose to use imperfect people to pen his word that we can still stand on it today here in 2022. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, all scripture is inspired or breathed out by God and is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So just as we need oxygen to breathe, we need to read and study the word of God to survive. But not just survive, but to grow and to be able to live as his disciple. Studying the Bible is necessary for a few things. It is necessary for spiritual growth. The man who bench, uh, Pastor Nate, who benches 400 pounds, didn't start out with 400 pounds, right? There was a time there was a gangly Pastor Nate who got underneath the bar, which was 45 pounds, and his arms were just shaking and shaking. But then pretty soon he put on 10s on each side. Well, then he put a 45 on each side, 135. Well, then pretty soon he's like, put on the plates. Why? It takes time to grow. It takes time to get stronger, but you have to consistently do it. You don't go from 135 to 400 pounds on the bench press. It is a progression of things. And so you meet someone, here's how it happens. You meet someone and you're like, man, they just know the Bible front and back. You think they just, they just opened up the Bible and boom, it was just given to them? No, it takes time. Some people say, oh man, I got to Leviticus, man. I just, ooh, ooh. I just couldn't get past all that, so I stopped. <laughs> maybe the wrong formula, not sure. However, maybe that's where you go to audio Bible and just let them read all those names that we can't pronounce. But, <laughs> but it takes time. You know what? It's not the, the, the quantity of time that you spend in the scriptures. It's the quality of time that you spend in the scriptures, uninterrupted, reading it just to see what's going on, observing what's going on, and then maybe finding the way to apply it to your life. Don't try to make the Bible fit what you think it says. The Bible says what it says. We must adjust our life to be in line with it. God's will and God's word will not change. We have to make the adjustment in our life to say, what are you saying, God? And where am I out of alignment? And how do I come into alignment? Because I'm trying to grow. Number two, spiritual endurance. It helps us develop spiritual endurance. It helps us develop a resolve for life storms and trials. How many of you all have ever been through a life storm, right? If you hadn't, if you hadn't raised your hand, you keep living or you just one tough person, right? I'm telling you. But the word of God will help us develop spiritual endurance so that we encounter, when we encounter various trials, as James 1 talks about, it will help us develop that perseverance and endurance needed. Listen, the word of God, the relationship with Christ, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is 
sinking sand. When the storm comes, your foundation will be tested. And the word of God, studying the word of God, this discipline of a back to basic will help us to be able to stand and endure and come out of life's storms and trials. Spiritual transformation. The word of God gets in us and transforms us from the inside out. One of my mentors who's in heaven now used to say, when life squeezes you, the real you always comes out. You can walk around all day and say, I'm toothpaste, baby. I'm toothpaste, I'm toothpaste. And then life squeezes you and ketchup comes out. Guess what you are? You're ketchup. Because when life squeezes you, the real you comes out. That's why it's important to get the word of God in us. Because when life squeezes us, we can be transformed. And what comes out is how he operates, his way of doing things, how he loves, how he stands, how he corrects, how he encourages, because we need that in us. In an increasing measure, it says the fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Those are the fruits of the spirit we need developed on the inside so that when we go through life, the transformed life, that's how we'll respond. (laughs) Studying God's word, getting back to the basics. One of the greatest compliments you can ever get from someone is who hadn't seen you in a while and they say, something about you is different. Don't get offended by that, Christ follower. Don't get offended by that disciple. You say, praise the Lord. Yeah, something is different. Man, God is doing a work. And if he began that work, he'll, he'll complete that work. That's in Philippians chapter one. So my encouragement for us, beloved, is that we recapture the love and desire to meet with the Lord daily in his word. Write out the word. Just take time to not even, just write it out, word for word, and watch it get in you. Take time to listen to it. Take time to recite it. Close your door and read it out loud. Trust in the Lord with all my heart. Lean not to my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge him, and he will direct my path. Let yourself hear it, write it, read it, listen it, listen to it, study it so that we can actually learn to grow. Don't depend on the church solely to be your only source of food. We are to come here to encourage one another, fellowship with one another, grow together in community, receive a preached word taught from a stage, worship together, pray together, all of those things. But don't live from Sunday to Sunday or Sunday to small group to Sunday and think that that's all the feeding and eating and nourishment that we need. I want to encourage you. If it's five minutes, Five uninterrupted minutes, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, come to church, worship. If it's 50 minutes, it's 50 seconds. I don't know how much time, but I want to encourage you to take the time. I'm telling myself that, y'all, because there's times where days will go by and I'm like, man, God's been wanting to meet with me in his word and I haven't taken the time. And if you don't know where to start, the church can help you and where to start. So we're here to be a resource and come alongside you, family, to help you in that. So studying God's word, number two, seeking God in prayer. Look, the idea of talking to a holy God can be a bit intimidating. I get it. And if you're like me, sometimes you'll say, God's got bigger things to worry about than my little prayer. Have you ever said that? I will not say shame on anybody 
But you know what? Let me just correct our way of thinking. God is all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful. If it concerns you, guess what? It concerns him. There's nothing too small, nothing too big, no dream, no anything that you can't take to God in prayer. So I want to encourage you to do that. One, Jesus modeled what seeking God in prayer looked like. See, the disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And that's when he gave them the Lord's Prayer. But not only did he teach them, he modeled them of what it looked like to connect with God the Father. In Mark 1, 35, it says, And while it was still dark, early in the morning, Jesus got up, went to a solitary place by himself. There he prayed. The disciples ran up to him, and they found him praying. Everything that he was teaching them to do, Jesus was doing. So Jesus modeled them what it looked like to seek God in prayer. Prayer allows us to take our requests to God. God is big enough. We just need to be bold enough and humble enough to approach him. We need to pray bold prayers. God isn't offended by our smallest requests, our biggest dreams, or our boldest prayers. He can meet us there. Be willing to pray prayers that cause God to part the Red Sea like he did in Exodus. Be willing to pray prayers that make the sun stand still like he did in Joshua. Be willing to pray prayers that make the axe head float like he did in 2 Kings. Be willing to pray prayers that cause a lame man to walk like he did in the book of Acts. Prayer helps us seek and receive forgiveness. 1 John 1 and 9 says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. The devil would love nothing more, y'all, than to keep us, he would love to keep us walking in the condemnation and the guilt and the shame and keep us from seeking God in prayer. That's our lifeline, y'all. We don't pray to get from God. We pray because we love him. The byproduct of that is because he's a loving God. Oftentimes, does he hear our requests and meet our needs? Yes, he does. And he will give out of that love relationship. But we seek him because we love him. So not only do we pray to seek uh, and, and receive forgiveness, we can also pray and help us overcome anxiety and worry. A big buzz in our society today, which is real, right? The scripture deals with that. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace, not the world's peace, his peace. Remember, that's a fruit of the spirit. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him. Because he cares for you. So anything you're going through, remember what we said it at the beginning here. It's not too big or too small for him. He is a big God. Cast it all on him. Don't run to your neighbor. You might have a friend for accountability, but don't neglect seeking God in prayer. And the final thing I want us to look at is sharing the good news, y'all. When's the last time you shared the gospel with an unbeliever? When was the last time where you felt that tug on your heart and you knew that you needed to say something about God's 
amazing love and amazing grace? Have you ever done that? No condemnation, but I wanna encourage you. Our job is pretty simple. As believers, as disciples, it's to know God, it's to love him and to make him known. That's our job. To know God, to love God, and to make him known. Jesus told us to go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone, everywhere. There's no one who's too far from God that God can't reach. And how do you know that God may not wanna use you? They say on the average, it's, uh, people respond to the gospel after seven times hearing it. That's what research says. But here's the mystery. Who knows if you're number one, number four, or number seven? You may not live to see someone's salvation, but God may want to use you to seed their salvation. The farmer never looked to see where the seed landed. They just scattered, baby. Some fell on the path, some on the rocky soil, some on the thorny soil, but some of that fell on good ground. I remember when I came to know the Lord, the young lady who shared the gospel with me did not see me come to Christ. She died from pneumonia after uh, complications of Hopkins lymphoma. But it wasn't until my freshman year of college that I finally said, yes, I'm going to receive Jesus as my savior. And a few years later, yes, I'll surrender to him as my Lord. But she seeded that salvation, but she didn't see it happening. Remember, success is not leading anyone to Christ. That's God's job. He's good at his job. Success is being faithful to share the good news. As T.D. Jake said, T.D. Jake said, I'm just one beggar telling another beggar where I found the bread. One of the back to basics, one of the fundamentals of our faith, y'all, is studying God's word, but it's also seeking him in prayer, but it's also sharing the good news. But what are some of the, the, the excuses we use? I don't know enough. My life doesn't line up. Who am I to share? The fear of rejection. If I share it, then I'm gonna get alienated and ostracized and looked at as some holy roller and Bible thumper, right? And so what do we do? Sometimes we keep quiet when we know God has said it's time to open your mouth. Or we say, I'm just gonna live it out. Yes, that's a non-negotiable. But sometimes God says, open your mouth. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God wants to use you and I in all of our imperfections to share his message with the people that he created and he loves and desires to have a personal relationship with. We can't get away from these fundamentals, Skybreak. We have to be able to say, I'm going to study God's word. I wanna fall back in love with this. And as I study his word, I'm gonna be connecting with him in prayer. And sometimes prayer is not talking. Sometimes prayer is listening. But not only that, I'm gonna live to share the good news. You don't have to have special training to share the good news, just a changed heart. Remember this, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, Jews and Samaritans had no dealings together. John chapter four for your reference and after Jesus had that encounter and dealt with her, she ran back to her hometown and she said, come see a man who told me everything that I ever did. John 4, 39 says, many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. 
He told me all that I ever did. Remember, Jesus said, go get your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. He said, that's right. The five before weren't your husband. The one you're living with now is not your husband. He read her mail, but he loved her. He didn't condemn her. He didn't shame her. And she ran back to her hometown and said, come see a man who told me everything that I ever did. She didn't leave and say, man, forget you then. Go back to her hometown and hide in shame. She was like, y'all, 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 y'all gotta come see this man. Jesus sent the disciples off. It was a divine encounter and they came back and many of the Samaritans believed this Jewish man's message because of her testimony. So I wanna encourage you to know your testimony. What was your life like before Christ? How'd you come to know Jesus? And what's God doing in your life now? That is your testimony. What was your life like before Christ? Don't, you ain't gotta get into the dirty, dark details. How'd you come to know, Lord? That's the good news. And what's God doing in your life now? Have you surrendered to him as Lord? Are you a walking disciple of Jesus Christ? The Apostle Paul pleaded with the believers in Rome to offer their bodies as living sacrifices to God. He encouraged them not to conform to the patterns or the ways of this world. He challenged them to be set apart for Jesus Christ and to live as obedient, committed followers called disciples. Be the one that an unbeliever will walk up to and say, You're one of them, aren't you? Peter, warming his hands by a fire, said, I don't know him. Be the one that says, I am one of them. Be one of them where they come up to you at work and watching you work with character and integrity and say, can I talk to you? There's something different about you. Be the one that's on the field or on the court or wherever you might be and they'll say, can I talk to you? I've noticed something about you. You walk in such a peace. You don't fly off the handle, uh, open door, (laughs) to be able to say, yeah, I used to. And apart from God's grace, I would do it again. Like yesterday or today, I, I need him. Be that one that says, yes, I'm a disciple, unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Skybreak Church, this is a football. And if we want to experience God's best, if we want to walk and live and grow as a disciple, Skybreak, let's get back to the basics. Let's get back to the basics of studying God's word, of seeking God in prayer, and sharing the good news. I want to tell you the rush you will feel when you get to share your testimony with someone. You could fumble and stumble around that, but when you get done, you're like, I'm ready again. I'm ready to share this thing again. I mean, you ready to spike that football, spin it, and go, yo, let's go. Let me know when you need me to share again. That's what we feel because it's a connection we feel with God saying, all right, God, I'm going to share what you've done in my life with someone else that might experience that. I might see it, I might not, but God, I trust that you're big enough and you're faithful enough to be able to draw them to yourself in a personal relationship. Would you pray with me? 
Dear God, we've heard your word. We hear the challenge of getting back to the basics. Not just the three that were shared, but the many disciplines in this Christian walk that we have. God, help us not to be so heavenly minded that we're not no earthly good, but God, help us to not be so earthly minded that we're no heavenly good. Help us, God, to be your representatives on this earth. Our citizenship is in heaven. Therefore, we need to walk around on this earth representing where we are from, believer. So God, help us to live as disciples. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, I just wanna ask someone in this room a question. Have you received this free gift called salvation? Have you received this free gift that God is offering you? This isn't talking about into discipleship. This is talking about coming into the family. And you feel a tugging at your heart. And you know that today is your day, July 24th, 2022, that Jesus died on a cross for your sins. And you realize that today. And you say, you know what? I wanna be bold enough to receive that free gift. Well, God is awesome enough that he wants to welcome you in. So if that's you and today, listen to me clearly, this, you want to receive Jesus Christ today as your Lord and Savior. We're not gonna call you out, ask you to stand up or anything, but we wanna be able to help you in this journey. And we wanna introduce you to the Savior. So if that's you, we're gonna do another prayer in a second, but if that's you, would you please raise your hand? If that's you, on the count of three, one, two, three, I see hands. I see hands. This is an invitation, y'all. Behold, he's standing at the door and knocking. It's an invitation. If that's you, would you raise your hand and you say, I want to receive, man. Look, I want to become a part of this family. Now, I'm not even talking about Skybreak Church. I'm talking about God's family. I see your hand. Oh, I see it. Thank you, Lord. You're faithful. Well, church, let's all pray together. Those who've raised their hand, this is gonna be a little bit something different to you. Look, the grass won't be greener, the sky won't be bluer, but there's gonna be something that happens on the inside of your heart because we pray by faith. But let's all pray this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for meeting me today. Thank you for offering me this free gift called salvation. And today, dear God, I'm joining your team. I'm confessing my sin I'm believing you died on the cross. I believe you died for me. And so today I accept that free gift. I don't have to do anything else because it's been done. And so I, I now repent of my sin and I believe by faith that I am now a child of God. And I thank you for that, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Keep your head bowed and eyes closed real quick. If, that, if you're here today and you say, look, I've done that. But maybe the pulling back to basics is what I need because I want to grow as a disciple of Christ. If that's you, I want that to be between you and God, but I want to pray a, a prayer over you. That from this day forward, you say, no, no, no. I, as Paul was urging them, I'm going all in. I'm going all in all day, every day. And yes, I will trip, stumble, and fall, but God will pick me back up. 
Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for everyone who has made that profession of faith and says, I want to make sure that I'm walking as a disciple, an obedient, committed follower of Jesus. So God, today I commit to be all in. I commit to be a living sacrifice. I commit to be one who lives a surrendered life to you. And God, I pray that your Holy Spirit will help lead me, help guide me, help correct me, help realign me when I get off course. God, I just want to be known as your representative. Help me, God, to live as a disciple. Help me to walk as a disciple. Give me the power to study your word. Give me the encouragement to seek you in prayer. God, give me the the boldness to share the good news because I want to be identified as one who follows hard after you. So God, I commit today. I surrender today. And that God, I know you'll be with me. Thank you, God, for loving me. Thank you for calling me. Thank you for some today saving me. And thank you for allowing us to not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. But then we'll be able to test and approve what that good, pleasing, acceptable will of God is. And God, we can can live with the mentality of this is a football. We're going to get back to basics. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you, beloved. Love you. If you just made the decision to invite God into your life, we would love to know. You can text SCSAVE to 97000. That way we can help equip you with some next steps for you to take along this new journey. If this message was a blessing to your life and you'd like to help support Skybreak financially, you can give online using the Skybreak Church app. Well, hey, we would love for you to join us in person this upcoming Sunday morning at 9.15. But until then, we hope you have a great week and we will see you Sunday.